Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Happy Sunday. Welcome to listener Q&A number three. I'm sitting across from Ashley on Zoom. And Ashley, I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to you. You can tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been listening, and then get right into your questions. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. I appreciate it. So I started listening to the Bobby Bones show in, I think it was 2017. I went to law school in Knoxville and have some really good friends who live in Nashville. And I was there visiting and Uh, It was the first time I had actually driven to Nashville by myself with my kids. And we came across the show on the radio. We really liked it. I think you were kind of in the midst of like some struggles with adopting your kids at that time. And it just really kind of touched my heart. And so when we got back to Baton Rouge, um, which is where we live, I found the Bobby Bones show on a radio station here. And my kids and I have just really enjoyed listening ever since. And I started listening to your podcast you know, soon after that time period, but really started listening more during like COVID quarantine. I started walking every day just to get out of the house. And so I started listening to your podcast. I really enjoyed it. And I've been a pretty faithful listener ever since then. Well, I love that you would walk and listen to the podcast because now you're hosting. This is a listener led part of the podcast where people can walk if they want to, but they can also 
do nothing while they're listening if they want to, no pressure. But this started off as kind of like the walk thing in case you haven't heard it us refer to it as that. It is a listener Q&A, but it, some listeners also call it the Sunday stroll. So if this can be your companion while you walk, then, you know, even cooler. I love it. Full circle. Okay. So I'll just start with, you know, you, you are a person who's obviously in the spotlight and who I think probably a lot of your listeners, um, we feel like we know you to some extent and might make, you know, a lot of assumptions based on, you know, what we hear on the show or on the podcast. But if I were to meet you like at a kid's sporting event or at a party and, you know, I didn't know anything about you and I said, Oh, Amy, nice to meet you. Tell me, tell me about yourself. What, what would you say? I would probably start off with that. I am a mom to two adopted kids from Haiti. And then I might go into my career a little bit, but not with too many details. I would probably just say I, I work in radio. And then if people are interested in that, then they ask more questions. Oh, well, what do you do or where? And then, oh, I work in more, I do mornings. And then it may lead to another question. I guess it just depends on the environment. Like you said, if it's a kid's sporting game, we're mostly going to probably talk about kids stuff. And I may ask about them if we're at a party, depending on who's the party for what. I can kind of shift and mold into any different scenario. I probably am not going to be the person in the corner, but I'm also not going to be the most confident loudest person there or however you define that person like life of the party I'm not necessarily life of the party but I'm not person in the corner (laughs) somewhere in the middle of that and I can always try to tell a good story or I'm open to you know sharing something about my life ironically sometimes I share more with strangers than I do with people that I'm super close to that's something I had a little birthday gathering the other night at my house with about five girlfriends And we were talking about that and this being like the year of connection and wanting to connect more and sharing more of myself with friends, but friends also sharing more with me and just true connection. I think I mentioned something like that about how sometimes I open up more to strangers. And then she said, and isn't it ironic that you do that every morning? Yeah. With a microphone, which I thought back over some of my friendships over the years, because I've been on the Bobby Bone show for this summer will be 16 years. Early on, it did cause, and I'm sure maybe even still I, I deal with it, but I remember early on, it was made aware to me that with my family and friends, that they would listen to the radio and have to learn something about me. And that annoyed mm-hmm. them. And I mean, I understand that, but I mean, I was like, oh, I'm just, I, I, I have to have something to talk about. So I'm talking yeah. about it and I prepped it. And then here we are. I didn't intentionally mean to tell other people before you, cause it just feels like I'm talking into a microphone and I know we're connecting with a lot of people. But anyway, that's something I've had to be aware of is what I say on the microphone to millions of people before I say to loved ones. <laughs> kind of important to to check the loved ones box first before I blast it on the radio. Kind of along those lines, I've heard you kind of talk about that, like, you know, opening yourself up more to people and being more trusting and being able to connect with people and, you know, share more about yourself. And some of the like personal work I have done lately, I've been reading about how busyness and self-sufficiency can be trauma responses. And you know, I I wonder if that resonates with you at all. And if, as you are working through trying to let people in more, if you have had to let go of some self-sufficiency or some, you know, letting people in to help you. Okay. Just to clarify sometimes where I'm coming from, which I know when I say I want to connect more, 
it may seem right away that I'm more guarded and I don't trust. I actually trust easily, but then I'm taking it through a filter of like, don't connect too much. Like, again, I'll share a lot with strangers or I'll even share a lot with friends. I'll let them in on stuff with me. But like, if I feel too invested in what's going on with them, I sort of kept a wall up to protect myself from if they ever hurt me, it won't hurt as bad. So I kind of, again, I share freely and I trust freely, but then I sort of kept it surface at the same time because as long as it was surface with them, and that's probably going back to my nine-year-old self-trauma of like my dad leaving and then having some other relationships that didn't really connect, even though my mom was, you know, she raised me, but she didn't emotionally connect with me. And that was because her mom did not emotionally connect with her at all. So I had two parents that didn't get that from their families that then they sort of passed it on to us. And I think my sister and I are breaking that cycle. Somewhere, someone has to break it. And my sister is is great at that and has modeled that for me. But as I'm an adult and I see the filter that I'm putting it through. So that's what I mean about connection is really... Mm-hmm connecting with others and that like, yes, tell me more. I want to be invested. I'm not scared that you're going to leave me or hurt me. So let's go all in. Let's all me, all you, let's do this. So more of that. And then when it comes to staying busy or doing, doing different things for trauma response, I think I can do that with sometimes work, a lot of times uh, vacuuming (laughs) or cleaning around my house or laundry. That's why this last weekend for my birthday, I needed some time to be intentional about a few things. And I knew if I stayed, I could have stayed at my house because my house was empty for some of it because my kids were at the beach. But I knew that I would get distracted and Mm. I would do it on purpose and make myself busy to where I didn't really take care of some other things that I needed to inside my head. And then also for years and years and years, I numbed out or didn't address things with my eating disorder. So that is a perfect distraction from life is if your brain is totally focused on if you've ever dealt with any type of eating disorder, you know, it's the perfect escape from everything else that's going on in your life because you're so consumed with that, that you can't be consumed with other things, including relationships with other people and connections. So that's another piece to my puzzle that didn't allow me to connect. It was very selfish. But I say that with compassion at the same time. And I'm saying that this is my story. I'm certainly not calling anybody else selfish. But for me, I recognize my eating disorder. But again, with compassion and grace for myself, because uh, my body was doing what it needed to do to take care of me and numb out and protect me from some other hurts and pains. But that caused other hurts and pains in my relationships because, again, my brain was occupied by thoughts about food and working out and weight and all these things that were distracting me from true connection. Yeah, that's a huge, uh, it can take up probably almost all of your brain space and all of your time. It's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what is your, you know, struggle that you're dealing with. So I totally can see that. So you talked a little bit about your parents and like going through your parents' divorce. And um, I've heard you, you know, reference that a lot. And I've also just been really kind of in awe of the love that you have for both of your parents. And, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of behind the scenes work that has gone into, you know, that reality. 
And I wonder if you would be willing to share anything that you've learned about forgiveness and how forgiveness plays a role in healing those relationships, other relationships, um, maybe healing some things in yourself. It absolutely does. And it's so interesting you're asking me this question today because sometimes it comes over me that both of my parents are gone. And I mean, I think about them throughout the day at different times, but today in particular, I was driving home from work and it was silent in my car. And I had made a phone call, I think actually to my sister, but she didn't answer. And then I just was reminded of how I used to be able to call my mom or my dad and talk to them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't call them. And I know that. And my mom, she passed away in 2014. My dad, it's almost been a year. So it's not like it's super fresh. Although I will say there is no timeline for grief, but I had that overwhelming, like I felt it in my body. Like I can't call either of my parents. And I know there's other people listening in that same boat. Heather McMahon, she's a comedian that I follow and her mom is still alive, but her dad passed away and she is hilarious, but she says she's a member of the Dead Dad Club, which might seem insensitive, but also at the same time, it's like, hey, you know, we're a club and it sucks to be a part of it, but I love her humor and how she's hurting and she has pain, but she's bringing laughter to it at the same Mm -hmm. time. And yeah, I'm just part of the Dead Parents Club. And- It's a bummer, but I I couldn't call them. So anyway, just interesting. I had no idea you were asking me this question. But I will say back to forgiveness. I was modeled that early on because my dad left my mom for somebody else. And I was nine years old when he sat us down to say he was leaving. And I didn't understand what that meant. He didn't say it was for this other woman. I didn't know about her at the time. I thought maybe he was going on a business trip. It just was this I was like, why is my sister's bawling, crying? She was older than me at the time, so she understood. And then he left. And then I remember he took me to dinner. I don't recommend doing this. Clearly, he had no counsel or guidance. I don't think my dad went to therapy a day in his life. But he took me to dinner. And then I remember he took me back to the house. And we were sitting in my room. And I was on my bed. And he was on my floor. And he said, do you know what an affair is? And I just was like, huh? And I just remember I started bawling, crying. I don't even think I really truly knew what an affair was, but he started to explain to me that he was in love with this woman. Won't say her name, blah, blah, blah. Well, they ended up getting married. They got divorced when I was probably 33, but they were together a very long time, like from nine to 33. So what was modeled to me during that time is my mom never said anything negative about my dad or her the entire time. And my mom truly forgave him for that. My dad never asked my mom for forgiveness until she was dying from cancer. Oh, wow. Wow. And we, my aunt just went over this story with me last weekend when I was in Austin, or I guess now two weekends ago. But she said that she went out to dinner with my dad. And my sister had sort of had a similar conversation with them too. So it's sort of like the Lord was saying like, Cliff, get your act together. You need to go say this to Judy because she was in hospice at the Christopher house in her final days. And, you know, my aunt said at dinner, she said, Cliff, like all that Judy has wanted the last 25 plus years is for you to just acknowledge that what you did was wrong. And just to say, sorry, that would just mean so much to her. And it's not like my mom had said anything to my aunt about it. She just knew. 
And then sure enough, my dad, and I know it was not easy for him to do, but my sister and I were both in the room. We were sitting over on the couch and we saw my dad walk over to my mom. And he, we have a picture of it too. He's like kind of brushing her hair, what she had left of it and putting his fingers through it. And he bent down and he said, Judy, I just want you to know I'm, I'm sorry. And I hope you forgive me. And of course she did. And then they kissed like a sweet kiss type thing. But for us to witness that, so I saw it when I was nine and how my mom chose to handle it. And then I almost saw like a full circle moment of like our life flash before us. And my dad's divorced at this point from the fourth wife. I guess they got divorced maybe when I was 31 because then I think my mom died when I was like 33. They had been divorced maybe a couple years. After the divorce, when my dad was single again, he started trying to date my mom. And my mom had been waiting. She would have taken him back. And she had been waiting that whole time. And she was sort of so perplexed by it and confused because she's like, seriously, I'm a little busy right now. I work full time and I'm dealing with cancer. But right. like, sure, <laughs> yeah. you want to go to dinner? So they became friends again. She wouldn't date him. Uh, my dad would take her to doctor's appointments because she was living in Austin, but was at MD Anderson getting treatment. So there was a lot of travel back and forth from Houston to Austin and Austin to Houston. She had her team, her her warriors, like we all rotated. There was a list of friends and family. And my dad was on that list. And of those people, the list of people that was par- that were part of that team at her celebration of life, which is what we called her funeral, we had everybody line up on the stage to just say like these these are the people, these are moms, people that made it happen. And it was so cool for my sister and I to look back. We were on the stage too, looking at all the people and my dad was in that lineup. Who would have thought like, you know, 10 years before that, we probably wouldn't have pictured that happening. Sure. But I say all this just to give people hope that it is possible to do things in an amicable kind way. And what my dad did wasn't, you know, my dad had his own issues. And again, he was married four times. After my mom passed away, he started dating my sister's husband's grandma. So there's that whole thing. But, you know, my dad was still, he's a good person. He just had his own stuff with connection and relationships and stuff from his childhood and things he didn't want to deal with. And like I said, he, he, he didn't deal with them. He didn't. But I was super proud of him for starting to realize later in life what's truly important. And for him, it was connection. But he realized it in his 70s instead of like where I'm starting to realize it in my 30s, late 30s and 40s. So I'm thankful for for having the realization sooner. But I'm glad he did get to have it. And I'm glad I got to witness it. And I'm thankful for how cool both my parents were, flaws and all. I miss them every day and wish I could pick up the phone and call them. But if you're like me, just know that you're not alone. And Heather McMahon would say, hashtag dead parents club. (laughs) (laughs) Laughter is good medicine sometimes. Sometimes it makes it so that you can talk about things that may be otherwise uncomfortable and kind of like get to the heart of things. So thanks for sharing all of that. It's really powerful. Just the, the way that, you know, I'm a 
Christian. So I would say, you know, the way that God worked in your family and the way that God worked through your mom, your mom being just somebody who was able to shield y'all from, I'm sure, probably a lot of hurt on her part as children. And, I, and I'm divorced, mom of three kids. So, you know, I can identify uh, with, with probably some of that. And, but that just speaks really highly of what your mom was able to do. And probably in some ways, the way God used that to work in your dad's life, to bring him to a place that he was able to come and ask forgiveness on his own and not guilted or shamed or forced into it. A hundred percent. And I know that that was something my mom prayed for just for that. You know, she had forgiven him. She actually, she didn't need him to do that because she had already let that go. But for her to get that in her final days was such a gift because you know, it just meant the world to her to hear those words. And so, yeah, absolutely. And other people had been praying for it too. So what a gift to you and your sister and what a gift to your dad too. Oh yeah. Cause I'm sure it was healing for him as well. All right. So I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14 karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, This just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories and they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton. And it's $49.90. It could retail for $148. So that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. Ah, summer, the best time of the year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices, and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. 
And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. A friend was over for dinner the other day, and, you know, we were just making conversation around the table, asking questions, and... This friend said to my daughter, like, hey, what's something that makes your mom happy? And her response without missing a beat was clean countertops. Wiping down the countertops is a simple way for me to reset, especially when the smell is just right. And by smell, I'm talking about coconut. Coconut scented Clorox Sentiva is my go-to. And I personally love that she answered that without hesitation. That means she knows me well, and that's really special. And of course, yeah, I do love clean countertops. I love wiping them down. I will always choose the smell of coconut over anything. I don't know what scent matches your vibe, but there's coconut, there's grapefruit, there's lavender. And again, for me, it's always going to be coconut. My kitchen smells like a little tropical vacation when I use it. And I love that with Clorox, I know I'm getting a really good clean as well. So it's a powerful clean and a refreshing scent. Clorox Sentiva cleans like Clorox and feels like confidence. You can get yours now at a retail store near you. Okay, I was wondering if maybe you would be willing to share a little bit about some defining moments in your life, personally or professionally. Well, gosh, those are some big ones that we've already talked about. I would say a defining moment for sure is when I was a little kid when my dad left and that changed the trajectory of our family forever. Mm -hmm. So that was something that was defining. I think when I didn't get into... Texas A&M, which was the only college I applied to, that was a defining moment for me because it almost shocked me into showing myself what I could do. So I ended up having to go to Blinn, which is a junior college next door to College Station. And I was so embarrassed, which I had no reason to be. I don't know why, but I was 18 and young, but I had only applied to one school and then I didn't get in. So then I went to Blinn and I, all my friends or my close friends were at Texas A&M and I wanted to be there with them. Like I had roommates, we had an apartment, they went to A&M, I went to Bland. Well, at least some, I think half of it, we were like half and half. But my goal was to get in and I worked so hard and left, I was at Blend for my freshman year only and left there with a 3.9 GPA and got right into Texas A&M. And so that was a, a moment for me where I was like, oh, if I push myself, I can do that. And even now at 41, I think back to that girl sometimes when I need to get determined to buckle down and do it. I'm like, you are smart. You can do this, which brings me back to another defining moment is somewhere in my childhood by various people won't name names. I was told or given the impression, I don't think it's like they looked at me in my face and said, you're dumb, but basically they painted a picture for me that I wasn't very smart. So then I started to believe that I wasn't smart, which then defined how I went through my whole education journey. Because when you have that thought in your head, it definitely affects how you learn. And also I have this scar on my head, another defining moment, which now that I'm doing neurofeedback, that she thinks that's when possibly I got 
ADD or ADHD is actually what I was diagnosed with when I was 19. But I never, I went all the way through school and high school, never getting tested, just really struggling with school. And then finally, when I was an adult and I was in college, I went to a doctor and got tested because I'm like, something's not right. And my mom would never, she didn't want me to be on any medication or anything. And that's when I first took medication for it. And it changed my life in a way, but then also scared me because it altered my personality and I was focusing a little too much and I missed some of my self. So then I got off medication and then I'm not saying medication is bad for some people. It's great. But for me in my twenties and some of my thirties, I was on and off different ADD meds. And then now I'm not medicating and I'm doing neurofeedback. And I found that to be super helpful but for her to tell me that this scar on my head, when I hit it, she's like, I wish I could interview your parents or your teachers before that accident and after to see how it changed you because that's the part of your brain where that is affected. And so it's cool. I'd say a, a current defining moment for me is neurofeedback because it's been a game changer. I feel myself turning into a different person. I'm not totally there yet. I mean, same personality, but also just less overwhelmed and I can complete tasks. I have less anxiety. I have some circumstantial anxiety that pops up, but I don't ruminate over things. I just get things done and it's not dramatic. I'm like, oh, okay, I have this to do, this to do. It's like a non-event. And that's how some people function naturally. And that just has never been me. Things mm -hmm. are just big deals. Like little things are a big deal. And so mm -hmm. those are just to name a few, because I mean, we already went over like my parents dying other defining moments in my life, adopting kids, becoming a mom, getting married. Those are kind of the givens, but those are just some little ones about myself that uh, a negative thinking I wasn't very smart, but then also now coming back around speaking of full circle to now I'm an adult and I'm like, I'm still having to remind myself I'm not stupid. And if anybody else is in the same position, I want you to know that you are smart and I want you to believe it. I want you to truly believe it. And when you do, it's amazing how your brain will open up and start to respond to things when you truly start to believe in yourself. And I hate that any kid is ever made to believe that they are less than. I hate that. When you were talking, it reminded me of growing up. I always say that my mom made my brothers and me think that we were way smarter than we really were. You know, she just really believed in us and told us how smart we were and how, you know, great we were at school and really pumped us up. And it wasn't until I got to law school that I was like, I'm not quite as smart as mom made me up to be. But, you know, it's the power of influence that we have, especially over children. And what an awesome responsibility that is to give them like the confidence to move forward and the confidence to... I think that's the key thing is confidence because even I follow Dr. Becky, who's at Dr. Becky Good Inside on Instagram. Do you follow her? Yes, I do. I love her. Okay. She's amazing. And so what a lot of parenting experts are saying to us now is like using the word smart probably isn't the best thing to do. And mm -hmm. even my mm -hmm. cousin was on four things a couple of weeks ago and we were joking about how growing up, everyone called her PC which is perfect child. And it put a lot of pressure on herself. I mean, it put pressure all the way up through college. I mean, and it led to a lot of issues because she felt like she was always having to be so perfect all the time and these expectations. And so now what I try to implement in my home is if my kids bring home a great, a good, great, no matter what it is that is happening, I just say something, wow, you must have worked really hard on that. Something along the lines of that, which you can look up all that Dr. Becky has to say on that. 
but I catch myself self still, still doing it because I want them to know they're smart. And then I'm like, oh, because I don't want them to feel like if they bring home a bad grade, that suddenly that means they're not smart. That's the thinking behind that. And I'm thankful for experts that are teaching us the good ways to parent and the good yeah. things to say to our kids so that they do grow up with a healthy image and expectation of themselves. And just know that if they're doing their best and they're trying hard, just because they get a certain grade doesn't make them smart or quotes, not stupid smart. or not smart or dumb or whatever yeah. word you want to put into there. Cause that's also can be difficult for a kid to digest. So as long as they know they're working hard and definitely, yes, we'll say it again for people in the back at Dr. Becky good inside Instagram. You got to follow her. She's the best. She's awesome. Well, I would probably kind of need to close out. So if you want to share four things that you are grateful for today, I would love to hear. I'll say that I'm thankful for Kara. She's my dog. She's laying at my feet right now. And I'm actually thankful that she's not barking or licking or scratching because I love having her in my podcast room, but she's normally super loud. So I'm thankful that she was quiet today. I am thankful to be reunited with my kiddos. They were on a little spring break trip. Um, my husband took them to the beach. And while it was nice to get a little mom break, because I don't get a spring break on mm -hmm. the Bobby Bone Show. We take vacation in summer and Christmas. And so they were just going to be stuck here. And, you know, my husband's able to work remotely. So he worked from Florida, took them. They met up with some other friends that have kids that were down there. And I love that they got to do that. So I'm thankful they went on that trip, but I'm also thankful to be back with them. I am thankful for a book by Eckhart Tolle. I don't, I don't ever know if I'm saying his name right. It's no, so right. fancy. Okay, thanks. The Power of Now. I yeah. was listening to that a little bit on my little weekend away. That's just definitely the type of thing to listen to when you're trying to reflect and take in a bunch of stuff. And I got to tell you, it's stuff that I'm probably going to have to read. Like I like listening to certain things, but also reading some things if it's a lot. And this is amazing stuff. So I feel like I need to get the book version too and start highlighting some things and revisiting it. So I am thankful for that book. If you haven't checked it out, I recommend that. Have you read it? I haven't, but I love him. So I can't wait. Yeah. So the power of now is what it's called. I wrote it down. <laughs> and then my fourth thing that I'm thankful for is the Gilded Age on HBO Max. It's sort of like Downton Abbey, but the US version. So it takes place in the late 1800s in New York and the social structure back then and like the Vanderbilts and all old money versus new money and, you know, daughters having coming out parties and debutantes and how, I mean, the whole thing is just wild to think about, but the different classes and it's like, that's how it used to be. Like sometimes I feel like we still have it pretty bad, but it, yeah. oh man, it would have been wild to live in those times for sure. And I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I, I also watched that on my weekend away. So if you have HBO Max, I highly recommend The Gilded Age. Do you have a show that you'd like to recommend? I've been watching Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. I was late to the game on Yellowstone and I really like it. It's one of those, like, I like to have shows that like, I know I cannot watch with my kids. It's like my own thing. Yeah. That has been my binge show lately. And I'm almost done with season four. So. Oh, I'm so jealous. Like there's some shows that I would love to go back and watch for the first time, but obviously that can't happen. So I live vicariously through people that are doing that. So 
I'm doing that right now with you in Yellowstone, but I do it with people anytime they start Friday Night Lights. I'm so jealous. Oh my gosh. Me, I love that show. Or anybody that reads Hunger Games. I'm so jealous. Yes. Like, yes. yes. I mean, I know yeah. I just recommended an Eckhart Tolle book, but Hunger Games is also amazing. <laughs> when my oldest daughter started reading it, I was just like so happy because it, it kind of felt like I was reading it again. You know, it was like I got to hear her perceptions of all of it and it was really fun. How old are your kids? Uh, I have three daughters. They're 16, 13, and 11. Oh, wow. So I grew up with brothers. So having three girls in the house has been such a learning experience for me and just such a joyful experience, honestly, for me. So I love being a girl mom. It's, It's been a lot of fun. Well, thank you for emailing me to be a part of the listener Q&A and coming up with some awesome questions and just being a part of this community. I appreciate it. And everyone listening to this um, right now, if you think you would like to lead one and you've got questions, you can send me an email for things with Amy Brown at gmail.com. And I loved Ashley's email. She even said, you didn't even write like too, too much. And then at the end, she's like, sorry for the novel. And I'm like, if you call this a novel, I can ramble way more than this. So it's it's not lost on me that it's a really big deal to just email someone that you've never met. It means a lot. And I try to get to what emails that I can. But again, when it comes to prioritizing life and different things, I, I can't respond to every single one. You never know. Like you can even send it again. I know some people have been like, hey, just sending this one more time just in case. Or, hey, I emailed once a year ago, but I'm trying again. So thank you for that. I know it's sort of like a, hey, just shooting shot kind of thing. Shot in the dark. Shot in the dark. <laughs> but Ashley can attest, like you may hear back one day and right. then you could be leading this for, for everyone in our community. We're all just like a four things family. And also too, I'll just say this. I wanted to just say thank you again, because some people don't listen to all the different episodes, but I had a birthday fundraiser for the orphanage. And I know a lot of you were a part of supporting that. And we raised from different people shopping and then just straight up making donations because some people just wanted to donate and not Mm -hmm. buy like a four things item or a spa or pimp and joy, which for everyone that did, it's amazing. But I don't know, I need to get like the final, final numbers, but it's over $50,000, which I mean, the wall alone to build a new wall is 17,000. I mean, it's going to go quick. Like the salaries for the teachers, we could definitely give them bonuses, but their salary for a year is about 25,000. So we can cover some of that. The well needs to be fixed. We're going to get the wheelchairs for the kids, but the well, we're also going to look because at getting a filtration system put in. So all of these funds are going to go to great use, but we're basically already have them have it all spent. But It just warms my heart to know that y'all are want to be a part of helping the orphanage where my kids grew up. And while the campaign is technically over, again, like I said, this money is going quick. We still have items up. So if you want to check out the shopforward.com slash Haiti, there's still items that are available and we'll continue to just put it towards needs that come up at the orphanage. So just wanted to use this time to say thank you. And Ashley, thank you for emailing and for talking. I told Ashley before we started recording and now I'm gonna have to speed to go pick up my daughter. Just kidding, not speed, but I mean, I'll get there. But I was like, I've got to go pick up my daughter from school and I will go on and on and on and on. So I'm just giving you a heads up that we're gonna have to wrap, but look at me, I'm already going over. 
because I just love this so much. It's so fun to connect. So that being said, I got to go. <laughs> Ashley, is there anything you want to promote or share or say or do? And then we can say our goodbyes. My girls would like to say bye before we leave. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we've got ages 16, 13, and 11. Why don't you introduce yourselves? I'm Caroline. Um, I'm Camille. And I'm Charlotte. I'm 13. Okay. So that was the 16-year-old, 11-year-old. 13 year old in that order. Well, hey girls. Well, thank you so thank much you. for, I guess, listening. <laughs> Do y'all yeah. listen to the Bobby Bone show or the podcast? Yes. Oh, every morning. Morning. oh, okay. Every morning. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll download this. If you have phones, download this podcast and give it five stars and rate and review. Thank you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Bye y'all. All right. Bye. Bye. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.